Hello and welcome to the In The Money Players Podcast. I am your host this week, I think, Jonathan Kinchin. PTF, we've already, who knows, he's gallivanting around Europe. He's probably got a hat on and he's probably saying mate to people and going to pubs and saying all that kind of cheeky British racing talk, you know, uh, say, uh, yeah, I don't know, I'm not going to make something up. But anyways, I'm here. And uh, we got a great show. Uh, if I can remember correctly, we're going to talk a little Woodbine with Drew Coatney. We're going to talk a little Monmouth with Brian Skirka. We're going to talk a little Naira with me. And we're going to talk a little Santa Anita with Duke Matisse. So, look, there's no reason for me to sit here and talk in circles. Um, make sure you're subscribing, you're following, you're uh, your, uh, retweeting, you're tweeting, you're commenting, you're doing all those things. Uh, we appreciate your support here at In The Money Media, and uh, we appreciate you always tuning in and, and, and uh, supporting what we do. Hope you enjoy the product. Uh, so look, I, I don't know where producer Craig is going to go next because there's a bunch of little segments, but whoever's coming up next, I'm sure they'll be good. See you in a little bit. Now, I guess I'm just by myself here. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about this pick five. Um, from Naira on Saturday. I was going to do the pick six, but there's a maiden special weight with a first-time starter for Todd Pletcher in the race for Donegal Racing, and I realized I'm not going to really be able to provide much information. I need I, This is a workout report type of race. I got, I got to know how this horse is working. Uh, if you're going to play the pick six, I, I think you could probably look a little bit to the tote board here. If the six Donegal forever is live in race five, then obviously uh, it feels like a horse maybe you could lean on uh, the rest of them don't really seem to have a lot outside of the, the five Shreveport for Bill Mott. Uh, I think maybe there's some interesting stuff there. So officially we're going to go pick five here starting in race six. Uh, there's a couple of horses that I want to make sure I have as a horses, the two click attack, um, a horse who has some back numbers really. And, and he's, he's switching trainers now uh, to uh, Gustavo Rodriguez. And I, I think that when you're switching trainers, and you've had back numbers, there's always that little chance that this is going to be the wake up. This is going to be the thing that kind of brings you back to where you were. I think that's interesting with the two click attack drawn towards the inside should be able to save some ground uh, in this spot all the way around there. And on the inside, I'm, I'm hoping that that works. Also the five B here. I almost singled here. The five B here, this horse has a big number ran well last time was kind of chasing a fast pace was closing into it, but was close enough, I think, to kind of get some of the negative effects of that fast pace. The four land biscuit uh, is a horse I'll use as a B horse. Uh, just has some back numbers as well. A pretty tricky start to the race, but there was nothing in here that I absolutely fell in love with. A few MTOs. We'll see what happens with the weather. Race seven. Uh, this is ice cold. Not ice cold. This is a single with a backup. I'm going to single the outside horse. Uh, Mariachi uh, for connections, first time starters don't run particularly well for, for, for Kimmel. And this horse did run well, was bet that day, ran well, came back, got the win, and then shows up now as a three-year-old. We talk about it often, how horses that show numbers as two-year-olds and have the opportunity to turn into a three-year-old they can really make some big jumps forward. They can really make some improvements. And I think that Mariachi is one of those horses who now gets on Lasix, drawn outside, tactical speed. I really don't need anyone else in here. I'll use someone else. 
but I do think that the one Ocean's Reserve it makes a little bit of sense defensively. He ran a fast number last time, does have some fast numbers uh, on the past performances. But, man, you got to think that the seven mariachi really is going to take another step forward. And I love the outside draw. I love the Lasix. I love the two to three. There's a lot of things to like. Race eight, a mile on the turf. Uh, I'm going to use the two owls rocket. Um, who, who who I felt made some sense and the seven exact estimate it is a pretty straightforward sequence. If I'm being honest, I, I thought the two owls rocket uh, ran well last time was finishing. Well, the pace wasn't terribly fast in front of him last time, but he ran well and he picked up some pieces. There's been three horses to run back out of that race, a win, a second and a third out of that. I think it's a productive race. And this horse can also take another step forward. Second off of a layoff second, time as a four-year-old and then the seven exact estimate for chad brown you get irad a horse that started the career on the dirt and had some nice dirt races but then ended up being better on the turf had some better turf races a handful uh, actually a handful exactly one two three four five mtos which i think could be interesting race nine look you needed her i needed her and she just never got out. I think that there was conversation. I think if they would have won that race at Churchill, I think there's a chance you would have seen Goodnight Olive in the Met Mile. Um, but because of that situation, because she didn't win, there was an opportunity to kind of take a step back, take the path of least resistance. That's what they're doing. They're going to run her in the bed of roses to get her to those grade ones in the summer. I think she's a foregone conclusion in here. I think Irad will, will, will ride her a little bit more aggressively than he does when he's facing better because he has to worry about saving something. I think he can kind of just do whatever he wants with her in this spot and still find his way to the winner's circle. It's crazy to me that she's six to five. I guess the, 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 the presence of wicked halo who was kind of responsible for keeping her in that time. And then also caramel squirrel who also takes money all the time too. But if, if the real good night, olive shows up, the others are running for second. And I hope they do take some money. I, I hope some of these other horses in here, like Dr. B and Caramel Swirl and Wicked Halo, take some money because I think it's an ice-cold single. At least it will be for me with the one good night, Olive. Race 10, six furlongs on the turf, claiming race. This is how we like to end it in New York. And I got to be honest with you, I thought this race was wide open. I'm going to be – I'm not going to – I don't ever hit the all button unless I really have to. I think the one rum runner ready is one that you definitely want to have. Um, Rosemary Potatoes, the three, has back numbers that I think you want to try to take into consideration. The four, mostly harmless, has been running on the dirt as of late, but does have back turf numbers. Look, I'm, I'm not going to waste your time by going through all these horses. I'm being very honest with you. These, th this is a very, very tough race, and I think you should use as many of these horses as you possibly can. This is a chaos race where – uh, they could run the race 10 times. I think you could have 10 different winners. Uh, I'm going to spread like crazy in here. And I think I've earned the right to do that with some singles uh, with Goodnight Olive. And also with some races where I'm going a little skinny, only using a couple of race of, of horses. So uh, I think that those are the ones that I'll use for this pick five sequence. Like I told you before, there is the pick six. I love a dollar pick six. I just can't figure it out with that first race until I gather a little bit more information from either the tote board or from the workout reports. Duke, what's going on? JK, back from Italy. 
Man, I, I'm I'm very sad that you didn't make the trip. There was a lot of wine. I think you would have enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, the food was outstanding. The views. We had a great group. Uh, you would have had a lot of fun. I wish I went. It just was a it was a tough go for for all the things going on. But I should spend a lot of time in Saratoga this year, so we'll get together. Yeah, we'll we'll make up for it then. That's for sure. It's uh, it's uh, I I'm usually you know we get we get teased with your appearances in Saratoga. Usually come for you know the first three or four weeks, and then then you're gone the rest of the time. But it sounds like we might get a full a full uh, a full Duke experience. Yeah, might have to get a little gig going or something. Might have to do a regular, you know, podcast or something. Maybe with you guys. I'm I'm sure Pete will put you to work. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> I mean, I'll take you. We'll go to dinner. But Pete will do you the podcast. We'll I'll, we'll do the we'll do dinner. We got. Yeah, to, I'd rather do the dinner for sure. But yeah, we got we got a bunch we got a bunch of reservations lined up at uh, at at Salivo, so we'll we'll be able to pull that off. But <laughs> um, the order of business today is is to talk a little bit about this late pick five on Saturday. Um, obviously there is going to be a mandatory payout on Sunday, so you can hopefully pick up some money in the late pick five on Saturday to, to, to run back on Sunday for that mandatory, but, um, we'll, we'll get started. I believe it's in race eight. Um, it's six and a half. I don't think it's down the hill, right? Duke, it's just six and a the half. First, right? The first one's not down the hill. The last one is, okay. I believe. Duke, you know, for, for people who are watching, you're looking every day, you're, 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 you're doing the trips as well person, you know, for, for your group in Santa Anita. So you're watching every race at, at every point of call. Um, you're watching the head ons, you're watching all these things. Tell me what you know about that flat six and a half, that, the not down the hill, um, speed outside, inside closers. What do you know about the six and a half, uh, turf race at Santa Anita? It plays almost completely opposite as of the down the hill. Like the down the hill plays mostly outside posts are, are better. Um, so the the course six and a half on the regular, on you know, coming out of the chute, which I would call the regular part of the track, um, it favors inside. It's like horses that gravitate right, they get right over to the inside and it just seems like they just keep going. So um, I look for pocket trips. I look for horses with tactical speed that can get inside posts that can get over to the left instead of uh, outside posts that can get hung out because it just seems like, um, you know, who rides that course the best is uh, Hector Berrios. He, he puts his horse almost every single time, like up right on the inside and he waits for room and he just splits and just seems like he's got it down. And, um, you know, it's just a, just it, it's what I call an old school inside, you know, uh, biased uh, course. In race eight, uh, there is a first time U.S. horse on the grass, and it's 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 like clockwork in this country. We can't control ourselves. These first time grass horses that come from Europe, we have to bet them. Everyone bets them. They get bet down, especially for connections like Phil D'Amato. Same thing we see with Chad and and Christoph. Uh, who who was kind of drawing your attention to this one? That horse is, is interesting because I um, I watched the workouts on that horse, the last three workouts, and it's weird that uh, Wodeton, we're talking about number two, worked terrible, um, worked good when it worked with Hong Kong Harry on May 22nd, then worked terrible when it worked with Kitty Katana, it couldn't even keep up, but then worked good again when it worked with Master Foxhound, so I, I, don't, I don't know what to do with that one because it seems like he's he's moody. So it depends which one shows up. If the good one shows up, he could win, but 
I like uh, Cherubic Factor, number six. Uh, ever since, if you look back, ever since Mario Gutierrez has gotten off this horse, which is a great angle of mine, um, this horse has just run dynamite four races in a row. And even last time got in trouble, uh, had to wait, steadied, uh, steadied on the turn, had to wait. And uh, once found room, was was had run and uh, gets a really good speed figure, just figures to be the horse to beat in here. Picks up J.J. Hernandez, who wins probably about 30, 40% of his mounts nowadays since all the good guys are gone. So I really like Shrewick Factor in there. Um, the one thing about this race is there's not a lot of pace, at least on paper there's not. So I think you got to use the one Jack six-pack. I think the one post will help him. The switch to Vasquez, who this Ramon Vasquez is really uh, caught on a little bit here in California too. Um, he rides that turf course well, just like Hector Barrios does. And uh, I think uh, that would be my second choice. He's got tactical speed from the rail, and it's D'Amato. And and uh, we don't have to say much more about him. Phil D'Amato wins uh, about half these turf races, these turf sprints. So um, I like six and one, six on top, one in second best. Yeah, and then also, Duke, about the one Jack Sixpack. I know you and Paul, uh, your brother Paul Matisse, have talked about this quite a bit, is the, the Lasix on and off thing, kind of following that a little bit. Um, you can kind of also find some things. Jack Sixpack had two – well, he had three great performances. He ran second, then he won, then he won, um, and then he lost the Lasix. Yeah, and, he was off the Lasix last time. Uh, against and now he's back. Run. Now he's back. Yeah, against and against chosen Braun too, which I mean, he's not going to beat the chosen Braun no matter what. Um, so again, I do like that back on Lasix. Um, I like the tactical speed, good post. I just think uh, I think the eight and the nine are in trouble. They're good horses. Uh, Cali Bay and King Apollo are nice horses, but those posts with being closers, I just think they're they're going to be over bet for what their chances of winning are. Race nine, six furlongs, uh, open, three, four, and five-year-olds, maiden special weight. I, I do can look, and I, I, I say this all the time, and someone actually complained about it one time, which is hilarious um, to us, is I, I kind of said, like, well, you know, at California, at Gulfstream, I kind of defer with some of these races until I see the workout report because it is such a strong workout report community in California. Also, you know, Saratoga in the summer, Gulfstream, there's so many – things that you can learn from the workouts that I, I, I often defer just because I want to, you know, and there's first time starters, you got to kind of figure that out, but let's just try to play by, blindly here. Did you have any thoughts about the ninth? Yeah. Uh, I did watch some workouts again. Um, I tend to like nowadays to watch them myself. You know, we were talking, you're talking about workout reports. I don't trust them all nowadays. It just seems like there's not enough opportunities for these guys that are doing all this work every morning. And I think they're keeping some of it to themselves, which is scary. But, but on the other hand, I've watched some workouts lately where I've totally disagreed with the report. So I'm going to start as much as I can, because I, I don't have, I need more time in a day to watch these workouts because I'm doing too many trips, but um, I did watch workouts here and, um, Mish, I thought was, a was a small, tiny, uh, horse that maybe takes, will take to the grass. I'm not sure that horse will be uh, a dirt horse cause she was small and she didn't work bad, but just looked like, um, a turf horse that probably needed a race. The horse that to beat is obviously Andy. Can you hear me? Number five comes out of a live race, ran second in it, got left a little bit, 
was stuck in between a little bit, you know, just ran a really bang up race, came back and really worked well, worked a minute and one out of the gate. Um, and Mullins is really good with uh, second time starters. He's probably going to be the favorite, but deservingly so. Um, another horse that I thought, uh, the Baffert horse, Cowboy Mike, worked really well against, I'm not sure what kind of horse enclosure is. I think he's a maiden that runs 50s and 60 buyers and ran twice and didn't run that well, but he beat him very easily in that workout on May 29th and ran in that same race as um, Andy, can you hear me? So he ran fourth in that race. So he'd be my second choice. And um, another horse that I thought had a chance was Big Baby. Mark Glatt usually goes second time out. These are All these horses are out of uh, the same race, by the way. Um, Big Baby, I thought, had uh, what what would be a better than what I call better than look uh, performance uh, and worked pretty decently coming back. Worked, uh, he was asked to keep up with a horse named Agency that runs around a 75 buyer. So if he could improve, I think it's, you know, five, six, eight, um, just nothing tricky because they're all out of the same race. Yeah, Duke, you, you kind of glazed over something that you taught me that's one of my favorite moves. And, and if people are listening, I, I think we should share it with them, which is, you know, with those workouts, the, the thing that I, I look so much less at the grade than I used to. And what I look at now, and maybe it's to your point, you know, where you're thinking that maybe you're not getting the full story all the time from these workout reports. But one story that I think that can't be hidden that you taught me to do, which you mentioned it a couple times here is seeing who they worked with. And if, if a, if a horse who runs in a race where everyone's been running sixties, but the horse worked head in head with a horse who's been running eighties, that is a sign the horse could take a step forward or run well. I agree. Totally. Um, that's something I've been using for a long time and uh, now it's a lot of it's public now. So what was good about it before was, you know, not a lot of people didn't have the information, but I mean, for now it's good for the public to, uh, to look at these things and, and, and take them because courses that are maidens, they're going to improve in the morning. Some of them are, and some of them aren't, and you just got to try to figure out which ones are and which ones aren't, you know? So, and they work them, like you said, they work them so hard in California. They're, they're almost like running in between. So it's a very good tool for uh, people to uh, take into effect. And I think this is a perfect race to do it. Race 10. We got a, a mile race uh, on the turf. Uh, Duke, like you said, you, you pay attention. You're watching a lot of these races with Flavian gone with Flavian, you know, probably back East. I would assume for the remainder of, of, of the summer, who's kind of your go-to grass rider, a guy that when you see, uh, you see them up. You're like, okay, th this this horse could move up on the grass, and then uh, it, and feel free if you want to, no pressure. But who's also a, a major grass downgrade for you? I'm I'm usually better at that, the downgrades than the upgrades. But you're right. With if Flavian was around, and uh, it was nice to have those guys out here um, for a while. When we had Pratt, we had Velasquez, and we had uh, some good riders out here. Rosario a little bit. Now we don't really have them. So now I look towards maybe a guy like um, this uh, for Sue. I think he's a really decent uh, a grass rider. Um, I think Rispoli is, can be. Rispoli is very uh, in and out. Like when he's riding good, he's riding really, really good, you know. But when he's riding, he's like a streaky rider. He's like DeSormo. When DeSormo gets hot, like you can't beat him sometimes when he gets hot. That's like Rispoli when he's, when he's in that zone. 
I think he's a really good guy to go to. And Hector Berrios, obviously, who's uh, proven he's a really good grass rider. So I would say those are the ones that I'm looking for. How about in here? Who? who uh, how did you look at this race? This race interesting. Um, I think the five is the is the main speed. Talk less, work more. I think he's the main speed. Now I'm not really thrilled with this rider, Ricky Gonzalez, but he when he does win, he wins on the lead. Uh, he's not a come from behind type of rider. He likes to send them, let them let them go free, and I think that's what he needs to do. They're putting blinkers on. Uh, looks like the main speed um, could be very very tough if they let him on a lonely lead. I think. Uh, the classy horse of the race is Irish Heatwave, number eight. He's got Barrios. He's just going to sit back, make one run. He'll probably tuck in um, like he usually does. Uh, he'd be my second choice. And I think for a horse that might be a price, uh, the seven, big bet, Jafin Safa, really ran really well last time and, and won with a weird, weird trip, got left and circled. And uh, I don't know about grass, but it looks like he's got some braiding in there. Uh, there's had two, I would say, so-so winners on the grass. Um, so that'd be my third choice, uh, six, eight, seven, or five, eight, seven. Race 11, uh, five and a half dirt sprint. You know, back in the day I did, I did some like, kind of like, um, like a kind of like a workbook where I went through all the winners of different races and tried to like identify what styles won, what kind of races at Santa Anita. And it was before my first like NHC, I was just trying to understand it a little bit better. And I learned that the two most speed favoring trips at Santa Anita are five and a half and seven. Uh, weirdly enough, the, the most closer friendly was six and a half, but five and a half, seven, I've always just kind of erred on the side of speed it, it looks like the speed is either going to be the two or the eight here. Uh, Duke, what did you think? Yeah, uh, the two is a, is, a, is a very nice filly and a very fast filly. So if you like, you know, if you like that angle, I think the two will be very difficult to beat in here. Um, the problem is the seven, Pequeno Tormenta, is is not slow. You know, so you got, you got two really, really, I think, decent fillies in here that are uh, – you know, they're getting into this condition, this um, optional one other than condition that just fit it well. So um, it's uh, it's going to be tough because if they hook up, I think a horse like Clickish can win. Clickish ran a really good uh, race second time out in a maiden race. Uh, two horses came back and one other race made a huge move. Did get a good pace to run at, but Clickish has come back to work pretty well. Worked with a horse we talked about earlier. Worked with Jack Sixpack um, back on June 4th and held their own pretty well. She was right there with Jack Sixpack, and I was surprised to see that. So uh, I think two, three, and seven are the are the top three, and I don't know which order, but I like you said, five and a half at Santa Anita is usually a speed-favoring distance and because they start on the – they're on the track. There's no, there's no shoot, and inside posts are good. So I think um, – I, I would favor the two just a little bit. Race 12, Duke, we're down the hill. Uh, Timeform US suggests that there's not a lot of pace in here. I, I don't know if you agree or disagree, but it, it says there's not a lot of pace in here. How are we going to get paid in this pick five? Yeah, there's definitely not a lot of pace in this race. I think it could be a race where uh, the three running with the boys could steal it. If she's because I want again, I watched another workout on running with boys. It looked like they were trying to put speed into her. She took off really fast on June 3rd and uh, she's off since March and I think the little three-month break might 
have her really fresh and really sharp. So she'd be my top choice. Didn't get really much of a ride last time for Barrett's, which is unusual. But I think today uh, he might put her on the lead with the with the lack of pace. Uh, speed lane is the two is very interesting. Vladimir Vladimir Sarin has been red hot, and Desormo has been red hot. Cutting back in distance, speed was no good on the turf on May 29th. Uh, I don't think anybody wired the field that day. I like the cutback. Um, third choice would be Lady J. I don't like the one post necessarily down the hill, but I've been chasing Lady J. Lady J's, uh, that trainer, Barocio, does a fabulous job. He's kind of a new guy that's come or come about in California and picks up JJ Hernandez. I don't like the post, but I like the horse. So I like three, two, one. And this is probably uh, one of the better races, I think. I think those are the three horses. Duke, we can't wait to get you up here to Saratoga, and uh, we're going to have some fun this summer, I think. You get, you get Carson, you get the whole crew up here. Lucky's coming. Lucky will be there for a couple weeks. She can drive now. So, Oh, wow. Yeah, she doesn't I know mean, what she got herself into. I know. She's going to be driving Dad around. Come get me. <laughs> It'll be lots of fun. All right, Duke. We'll see you. Uh, we'll see you soon. Uh, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, hopefully we got some uh, good winners in there. Brian, if you're looking for a contest on the eastern uh, side of the world, a good place to stop in is Monmouth. What do you guys got going on this weekend and the upcoming weeks as well? So we have something uh, exciting for Saturday. Saturday here at Monmouth is is what we're calling Haskell Preview Day. So we have four stakes races. Our next big contest uh, normally would be on Haskell Day. So we, I tried to come up with a Haskell preview day contest, so to speak. And we, we did that through our, our friends at Horse Tourneys. So there is a technically a $1, but you get your dollar back after the end of the contest. So we'll, we'll go ahead and call it a free, um, a free contest on Horse Tourneys on Saturday. It's a pick and pray. Every race at Monmouth, we have 14 races. And the top five finishers get a seat into the $1,000 Haskell Challenge, which is our next big contest on Haskell Day on July 22nd. That's a live money contest giving out NHC, BCBC, and cash prizes. Um, so that contesting is $1,000 on Haskell Day, July 22nd. But if you want a free $1 you know, chance to qualify for that, you might as well take the, the free roll. You can go to horsetourneys.com, register anytime between now and Saturday and play that contest. And if you are completely new to horse tourneys, if you or no one in your household has ever had an account, if you if you go to horse tourneys and register with code MTH15, you get a free $15 in site credit. So not only would the $1 contest on Saturday be a free roll, you get $15 to play with in the future. So I don't see any reason not to do that. And you know, if you finish in the top five, you get a $1,000 roll on Haskell Day. And Brian, just a, a, a just to kind of clean up, it's a it's a pick and pray, and it's all fourteen races from Monmouth only, correct? Correct, full card from Monmouth. Um, you know, pick and pray, so you have to put in all your bets in advance before all the races go. And then, uh, you know, like I said, one one horse in every race, you get a mythical two dollars win place. And at the end of the day, the top five get a seat in our thousand dollar Haskell Challenge, which is a live money contest on Haskell Day. There's nothing wrong with free. And in the midst of those fourteen races, there's also for stakes races, you talk about it being Haskell Preview Day. Well, one of those races that is a preview to the Haskell is the the Pegasus. I call it the Northern Pegasus. Uh, it's a three-year-old race, so you know there's going to be some Todd Pletcher and a little bit of Brad Cox. Uh, Brian, did you get a chance to look at this race? Did you have any thoughts about the, the Pegasus? 
I did. So yeah, it's, it's race 10 on Saturday. It's the first leg of our all stakes pick four. Um, we, we, all four of these stakes that we're going to talk about are back to back to back. So we added a, a fun wager. I'm a, I'm a big believer in these all stakes pick fours. So races 10 through 13 will be a pick four. Um, we have a 14 race card, so there'll be another pick four. the last four races of the day. That's, that's normal, but we added a pick four here for races 10 through 13, all the stakes. Uh, as you said, you know, Todd and, and Brad, they're, they're pretty much staples here in the Haskell preps and the Haskell the last few years. Kings Barnes, the eight horse here, would have to be the, the headliner, I would say, coming out of the Kentucky Derby. I, I want to take a small shot against him in this race, purely just for the, the story of, you know, I guess he was targeting the Belmont Stakes. He missed that race due to a little bout of colic. You know, nothing serious, obviously, totally fine, but just had to miss the Belmont because he, he had to get some antibiotics. So just with that little, you know, he, he missed the work, you know, now might be the time to go against him. I have no qualms that he's the best horse in the race on his on his A day, but I want to take a small shot against him. And I, I had trouble finding that horse, but I'm going to take a small shot with the other Todd classic catch. He put the blinkers on last time he was beaten, you know, 10 plus lengths against Archangelo last time in the Peter Pan. That was his first time with blinkers. It did keep him closer to the early speed that day, which I like. He was kind of a, I don't want to say plotter, but he, he came from further back before he put the blinkers on. I like that the bit blinkers kept him a little bit closer. I like he's getting back to two turns on Saturday. The Peter Pan, obviously, a, a one-turn race. Maybe two turns will help him. Paco is going to have him in the perfect spot from the one hole. The only concern is I'm not sure he's that good. Uh, which obviously will, will hurt his chances, but I, I just want to find someone to take a small shot against King Barnes here. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. It, it, it's when you see these races that come up after the Triple Crown races, after the Derby, the Belmont, the Preakness, these horses that run in those races, they just carry a little bit of extra weight. It's that name recognition. People remember them. People like them uh, for their previous exploits. They're usually stakes winners because they found a way into the Derby. They probably want to stake somewhere else. And they just seem to be overbet all the time. I wouldn't be shocked if Kings Barnes wins, especially with that 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 notion that you mentioned about having to probably miss a little bit of time uh, with the schedule change from the Belmont now to this situation here. Uh, I thought Salute the Stars for Brad Cox was interesting. It seems like they found out last time in that off-the-turf race this horse might actually like the dirt. I think that happens sometimes uh, with big barns like Brad's and Todd's. Uh, we saw it with Up to the Mark. Uh, who, who seems to be the best turf horse in the country. I think sometimes when you have a bunch of talented three-year-olds or a bunch of talented horses, it's okay occasionally for one of them to kind of get lost in the shuffle, have to figure out a couple of things differently that they might want to do. I think Salute the Stars probably wants to be on the dirt, ran well last time on the dirt, and I think you should be able to at least get somewhat of a square price because, like you mentioned, Kings Barnes is going to take a lot of money. Um, on to the next the Eatontown. What did you think about uh, the 11th, the second leg of that all stakes uh, pick four? Yeah, so this is the this is the turf version of, you know, we talked about Todd and Brad and the, the Pegasus, the dirt race. Now we're on to a turf race and it's Chad and Shug and Graham. So Christoph and Todd has one in here, too. I actually like a horse in here. I, I like surprisingly. Um, I, I think this is, she's actually good. She caught my eye three races back when she won the Endeavor. She had a, 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 I don't even want to call it traffic, but she just had to wait for a little bit and closed really strongly to get up that day, beating Scottish Star, who's in here, and beating Market Segmentation, who 
subsequently beat her last time in the Bogey and then won the New York on, on Belmont or on the, the day before the Belmont Stakes. Surprisingly, in that race three back that she won, there was pace in that race. She's a closer, so it set her up that day. Her last two races, the Hillsborough and the Bogey, did not feature fast paces. And she, she ran, I think, respectively in both of those, as, as you say all the time, closing into slow paces. Uh, there should be a faster pace today with the seven Katie's a lady in there. She's stepping up from allowance ranks. You know, she's going to be on the lead. She's a runoff in, in some of her races. So I, I would expect there to be at least an honest pace in here. And I think that gives surprisingly a better chance than she had in her last two races. And again, that, that win in the Endeavor three back where she beat market, market segmentation. I think that proves she can beat anybody. Um, Paco has ridden her. She, he rode her in that Endeavor win. Um, so I, I think it, uh, I think surprisingly is a is a sneaky decent horse here at, at probably somewhat of a relatively good price. Chad has two in here, including Gina Romantica, who's a, who's a Grade One winner. There's a horse for for Kristoff who was just beaten a length in the Breeders' Cup Mile last year. So I, I think surprisingly might offer some value. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I think it's very interesting. You know, I, you know, I love a closing into a slow pace. Consumer spending is one of those horses that's going to take a lot of money. It's Chad in this spot. But, you know, she kind of really always shows up and runs. And if you look at her running lines, who she's being beaten by, grade one winner, market segmentation. Haughty, not quite a grade one winner, I don't believe, but still graded stakes winner. McCulloch, graded stakes winner. Pizza Bianca, grade one winner. And these are all the horses that this horse has kind of ran into. And you mentioned market segmentation, who went on to win that grade one on Friday. I think consumer spending is the most likely winner. I just worry a little bit about the price. I got to use a horse like surprisingly. And then you, you mentioned Malavath who, um, you know, ran in, in New York and the plenty of graces. And, and, and she's interesting because not only has her two starts, two of her previous starts in North America that she run extremely well in big races. She was second to pizza Bianca. She was beaten a length by modern games at Keeneland in the breeders cup mile and then she went on to sell for 3.2 million euro and then gets switched to Christophe Clement. She shows up last time and doesn't even pick up her feet. And, and, and it's not that she was beaten that day. I want to be clear. She literally never picked up her feet. She just kind of jogged around there. I think maybe they learned something. Maybe they figured something out about her. Now she shows up here in a stake. I'd give her one more shot to see if Christophe can kind of right the ship. She obviously has a ton of, a ton of talent and she won't be nearly the short price she was last time when she got wired by Evie jet. So I think this is actually a wide open race. And a lot of times on the East coast, these turf races are pretty, they're not that wide open. It's, it's, it's Chad, Christoph or bust. I, I think there is actually some other options in here. Yeah. And, and one more thing about, about Malavas, she does in her European form have a lot of really good soft turf races uh, I'm, I'm hoping against it, but there, there is a chance of rain Friday and Saturday here. So, you know, what is that? Three races back, Malavath was second to Kinross in that, that pre to four and a over soft ground. So she, she has plenty of soft turf form if the, the turf has a little give in it. On to race 12, the Salvatore mile. Um, I've always been a huge fan of Arturius. He's going to have to show it to me here. He didn't run particularly well last time. Pretty much, to me, of the races we've talked about so far, this third leg of that all-stakes pick four is probably the most wide open. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I that sounds like I might have done the same as you. I, I'm on Artorius here. Uh, he, he was just under 9-1 to one in the Traverse last year into the Tifa Epicenter, Cyberknife, and Zandon. I definitely think there's talent here. He won, he won the Curlin, you know, in the prep for the Traverse last year. 
as you said, is his last race of 2022. Um, I think that was Breeders' Cup week or the week before the Breeders' Cup at Keeneland wasn't all that strong, but he's been off since then. You know, you know, Chad is going to have him back in, in top form, you know, coming off of the layoff. Uh, the, the outside draw, he's in post nine of 10, is, is a little concerning. This We don't run many races at a flat mile here. Most of our two-turn races are a mile 70 yards, a mile and a 16th. The flat mile is kind of a short run into the first turn. Uh, if, if this horse can just avoid being, you know, hung out there, you know, super, super wide, I think there's enough pace in, in front of him uh, with with his back class. I think Florent Giroux will, will give him a nice ride and put him in a nice spot. The horse just who is in his inside is interesting. Nimitz class, to be totally honest, this is a horse that I'm not super familiar with other than seeing his name now in the PPs. He's rolled off. It's like five in a row. There's some hundred buyers mixed in there. I mean, this horse is just on a roll. Winning by open lengths at parks and Laurel and and some pen races for for you know lower connections. But there's nothing wrong with this horse at all. He is absolutely on fire. Winning stakes races with buyers from 93 to 103. Uh, but with him in the race again, even though they're they're kind of lesser known, um, you know, trainer owner jockey combo than than Chad and Judmont. I mean, this horse has to take money. Nimitz Class is just on a roll. You know, Artorias might not be the the big favorite that he normally would be, just based on you know the, his his connections with with Nimitz Class in there. It, it was those two for me, but but I I would not argue with anyone looking for for some others. Yeah, and like you mentioned, connections we're not all that familiar with. It doesn't look like they've had any run, horses run at Monmouth for the meet, but also they they have had thirty one wins this year in two thousand twenty three. They're winning at twenty one percent. And, and a lot of times when you see connections like this that that have a higher win percentage with a good horse like this, usually it's the good horse that makes them have the high percentage. But like I said, only four of those 31 wins came from Nimitz class. I, I see what you're saying with this horse. I think this is a wide open race. I think some of the other races you can kind of lean and get a little bit skinnier in. Uh, I'm going to have to spread a little bit in the 12th. Brian, to, to like PTF always says, how are we getting paid in this all-stakes Haskell preview day pick for race 13, the Monmouth. So I'm going to get, try to get paid with Shug here. He has the two never explain. This is a horse kind of similar to surprisingly. I, I think this is one of these classic Shug horses that takes a little while to get going. You know, he's now won three in a row, you know, looking in his earlier PPs from 2021 and 2022, you know, sprinkled in a win here, a win there. But this horse has now won three in a row. He won the dinner parter party on the, the Preakness undercard. I actually thought that race was fairly decent. Emmanuel came back to win on Belmonte. Hurricane Dream is pretty good. Atone was in that race who won the Pegasus Turf over, over the winter. Uh, and never explained, you know, sat a, sat a good trip and beat him all. He's now on a, a three-race win streak. I think this is one of those shug horses, as I said, that's just getting better with age. I think, you know, he's going to run very well. I think he's going to win the Mama Stakes, and you're going to see his name in the, some of the bigger races later on in the summer as he continues to get better and better. Tribuven is, a, is an interesting horse in here for, for Chad. He's a UN winner. You know, I feel like probably he's a better horse going longer where he can just, you know, he's a speed horse, obviously. He can open up a, an early lead and hang on some of those longer races on firm turf. This is his comeback race. Hasn't run since Traverse Day last year. A mile and an eighth, probably maybe a little shorter than his best, but he's proven that he can do this before. Just on the, you know, his comeback race in 2021. Yes, it was two years ago, but he won the Fort Marcy doing this at Belmont going a mile and an eighth in his quote-unquote prep for some longer races. So he certainly can win a race like this. I'm going to try to beat him with never explain, but if I'm not going to lose the pick four because Tribuven, Tribuven wins. So never explain will be a... a 
heavier use for me. Uh, those are the only two that that I would need here. Yeah, you know, I, I wanted to, to kind of lean on Tribune a little bit, but I, here's the thing. Chad is really good with horses first off a layoff. But, but one thing Chad doesn't do a lot, because it's not his style, is to have a horse off a layoff who really lays it down and just runs all the way around there like Tribune, right? It, and it feels like because this horse is a UN winner, because he likes the turf course here at Monmouth, it feels like this is just kind of a setup for Chad, right? Get this horse around there get a bottom to him because then you're really going to let him roll in the UN just like he did previously. Uh, I, I'm not going to be shocked. I'm never shocked the horse wires in these turf races because, you know, they often end up being paceless, but I, I, I'm going to say, if you, if you hold me to it, I'm going to say this is a prep for Tribuven and I'm going to try to beat him in here. And, and, and I think that you're right with never explain, but I'm also going to use common deer. It, it, you know, Jimmy Toner understands the grass, and it, it, it took him a couple starts once getting this horse to get to the grass, but once they did, man, this horse ran extremely well at Keeneland, broke slow, came running. There is a little bit of a negative because the pace was pretty quick in there, so he did get a little bit of a setup, but two horses have come back and won out of that race. Another two have come back and run second out of that race. I think it's a very productive race at Keeneland. I think Commandeers found a new home on the grass. I'm going to give him a shot in here uh, to kind of – to, to kind of keep advancing uh, on the grass a little bit. Yeah, it's a, uh, you know, he certainly ran a, a big buyer, 98, you know, if he breaks better and, and you know, Paco, nobody rides the, the turf course here like Paco Lopez. So he, he will certainly be in a in a good position. The, the tough part to try to handicap this, you know, Tribuven, you know, we've talked about him enough. You know, he, he certainly looks like the lone speed in here. I don't see anybody to run with him. So never explained to me was the, Horse with the best chance that would be closest to Tribune. And sometimes that's a little tricky where you have to make that move a little earlier than you want. You have to kind of keep the pace horse honest while trying to get the best trip for yourself as well. So never explain us to maybe move a little early to, to keep Tribune honest. Horse like Commandeer or even speaking Scout might be the one that can close. Brian, you guys always got something going on at the shore. So just as a reminder for all of those, we've got the All-Stakes Pick 4 that starts in race 10 at 444 Eastern. It's hard to mess that up. 444 Eastern, race 10, All-Stakes Pick 4. And then you got the free contest on horse tourneys. It's not really free. It's a dollar, but they give you the dollar back. That's actually free. I'm sure there's some kind of reason why you had to do it the dollar way. So we won't call it free. We'll call it a dollar with a refund. And it's one through 14 top five, if I'm not mistaken, qualify for the Haskell contest on Haskell day, July 22nd. I didn't know I was going to be able to remember that. hundred percent. Right. Look at you hosting, hosting your ass off. Um, but yeah, this, is, my this is our, uh, you know, it's the second biggest day of the year behind Haskell. We kind of targeted this day where there's not that much going on nationally, relatively speaking. So, Hopefully, uh, you know, the card looks really, really solid. Hopefully the, the weather holds off for us. And whether it's the contest or the pick four, or, you know, we got plenty of pick five. I think we have three pick fives over the course of the day. So hopefully plenty of wagering opportunities and we'll all have a great day. Brian, we appreciate you taking the time. Have fun this weekend. If we don't see you this weekend, I'm sure we'll see you Haskell weekend. Sounds good. Thanks, JK. Well, I'm joined now by a Breeders' Cup betting challenge champion. Um, I run second twice, but I've never been fortunate enough to win. Drew, what's going on? You win any more contests lately? No, no, no. Uh, did good at, out at uh, Express Bet. TQ and Acadia took care of me out there. Um, <clears throat> played on site. Finished fourth. I was in no man's land. Uh, that Cody's wish up to the mark. 
I estimated five or six dollars it was going to pay, and I probably win the contest at that point. But paid four fifty. Had had thirteen grand sitting like four hundred dollars behind first place, and uh, wasn't a spot for me to push all in at that point. So hit fourth, walked away with some seats and some cash. So can't complain about it. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, you're you're kind of the 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 king of of Woodbine. You should just move to Toronto at this point. But um, wanted to talk with you a little bit about this late pick four. Uh, get started in race seven. And there's a horse drawn to the outside who I thought really seemed to take a step forward, getting on the synthetic, moving up north, uh, a horse that had, had been uh, with Arnold Delacour and, and also with Graham Motion, um, now shows up with Josie Carroll, drawn to the outside. The, the horse I was talking about was Bataya or Batya. Uh, what did you think about race seven? Yeah, I actually went to the stable mate of, of that horse. The number nine now is a breeze. Uh, two back graduated from the maiden ranks and last out came off a five-month layoff and got a bit of a soft pace um, and then faded. I'll excuse that effort a little bit in the hands of Josie Carroll um, and the leading jockey stays aboard. Um, that July 23rd race within the maiden ranks was was pretty dang good. Um, so I think could uh, beat this field here. So it's a, it's a tough one. I'm going with that horse. I'll also be going with Bataya. I think that's, or however we're going to say it. And then the number four, Love to Run, um, has really kind of not produced uh, form of last year and massive purchase price for Breeze Easy Club. Um, so they had some high hopes. I think it was like 600 plus thousand. So third off the layup for a four-year-old with some upside. Uh, I'm hoping to get a bit of a price on that one. I think some people and money will be drawn to it, but maybe three to one, four to one. We'll see. When it comes to synthetic racing, I, I usually, you know, I, I've, I've always felt comfortable with outside trip type of horses. When you, when you think about kind of the old Keeneland synthetic, you think about Turfway, uh, even what you see now at Gulfstream uh, when they run on the synthetic, I, I just feel like those trips, it's, although it plays similarly to turf, I don't think saving ground on the synthetic is as important as it is on the grass. So I, I had no problem with where uh, the horse that I thought was the most likely winner towards the outside, Batyo, was drawn. Uh, do you feel the same way, or, or do you try to save ground when you're at Woodbine? You know, it's it's so interesting. Sometimes the save ground trip is because of, you know, pure luck. In these events where I think four horses don't even have a chance, you know, staying outside and staying out of trouble is key to keep the momentum going. I think that's the biggest thing. And I think that might be what you're hitting at is if you're widen outside, you can dictate terms however you need to and make that one long sustained run. Getting stopped on the synthetic is a pretty hard thing to overcome. Race eight. Uh, we got another allowance, a little bit of a smaller field. I think a little bit more of a straightforward race as well. Uh, my eyes went to the four, six cents, well-bred a, a horse that uh, if I'm not, a mis if I'm not mistaken, it was a half to, to Zanthique who we've seen win some, some nice races in New York for Tom Morley. Um, and it's a, it's, a, it's a horse that if they end up in L&J Foxwood's hands, likely a well-bred horse, a horse that has some potential, wins first out, gets a nice figure, was bet that day, comes right back into an allowance instead of taking the typical route we see now with maiden winners where they win a maiden race, next thing you know they're in a stake. Uh, what did you think about the eighth, Drew? Yeah, I tried to beat six cents. Uh, I think I think that maybe the blue uh, inner time form fractions can put you off a little bit, but then I go back to the holy smokes. This horse ran a massive number, even with kind of taking a breather in between. 
So if, if things are fully cranked, Sixth Sense is going to be going. There's a couple others I, I would use as maybe a deep saver is uh, Weehawken um, with Declan Carroll aboard. Second start off a little bit of a layoff. Could be interesting. One last out had tried seven times previously. And then this, uh, I don't even know, we don't even have numbers yet. Scottish Symphony has been racing at a pretty good company over at Gulfstream. Gets back on the Woodbine surface where this one broke the maiden. So those two could be used, especially if you're seeing six cents go down to like even money, one to two. Uh, I don't know. What price would you be willing to take on that six cents horse at, in this field? Yeah, I mean, it just depends on what on what you're doing here, right? If you're, it, it's that question is 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 tricky because if you're betting to win, obviously there is a threshold in which you would go. Um, if you're playing the late pick four, that's the, the sequence we're talking about. You know, I mean, I, I think you could get away with if, if you know, I, I think that if you single this horse, I think you're picking up some equity. But I think that, like you said, a lot of the equity lie in trying to beat that horse. You know. Um, had that nice maiden win has never been beat before that whole deal. People are going to play the horse quite a bit. So, I mean, I think two to one seems about fair uh, is what you would like to get. I think it's probably unlikely that you're going to get that. I think you're going to probably creep more down into the seven to five range. Yeah, I agree. I fully agree. Um, Drew on to the ninth. This one I thought was a little bit trickier, although it was a small field. I thought there was a lot of horses in here that had some races that, um, that, that looked okay, but still weren't trustworthy, right? Like the inside horse, Ready Lady, who ran down at Keeneland last time, who I thought, you know, ran well enough, beaten a length and a half, but it, like the, the pace wasn't very fast. This horse was kind of close to, I didn't necessarily see an excuse, was kind of outside in the clear, um, maybe getting down inside, saving some ground, maybe not pulling, uh, maybe being able to kind of shut off will help Ready Lady a little bit. But I, I thought this was a wide open race. Yeah, and there's a lot of good, good closers like to the outside with Miss Marie, but I'm going to go to the speed horse. I just don't see any speed in these one-turn, big, long, swooping eight-and-a-half uh, furlong turf events on the outer. Um, I'm going to go with the speed horse of the number seven, Taurus. Uh, I think really could get loose in here in the last two efforts. We're good enough to beat this bunch. Um, hasn't been seen in six months, but I think that's going to unlock some value for us. Um, as I just see these group, this group just a little bit cut below, and there's still some upside left with uh, the four-year-old for Cassie, who's only run seven times and won twice. Uh, I'll also use a little bit of the number two, uh, perhaps tonight. Uh, the debut at Woodbine was impressive, earning the big time and running into the slow pace. Um, and if anyone goes with our top choice and presses, should be right in the middle mix, I think. There's going to be, I think, three flights of horses. You're going to have Taurus and someone else going. You're going to have like perhaps tonight and then the Miss Marie and the Ready Lady, all those deep, deep closers are probably going to be in third flight. So expect one or two horses to get stuck in a second flight. And then lastly, the three whimsical dance uh, lightly raced and debuted the 2023 campaign at Belmont against some good horses and couldn't really keep pace with them. So today maybe a little better suited if there's no pace um, and should be sitting in that second flight here tonight. Yeah. And look, I will say this. If you like the two, perhaps tonight, which you made a great case for, I completely agree, was closing in a slow fractions last time. You have to give a little bit of a look to the one, two, three, four, five, six, Amazing Queen, who was also far back on that race on May 27th, was also closing into those slow fraction, just didn't close as well as perhaps tonight. So another horse that I will, will you know, is, is listed right now on the morning line is five times the price of perhaps tonight. And I don't think is five times less likely to win 
then perhaps tonight I would keep that one in the mix if you decide to spread a little bit in race nine. Race 10, um, a maiden optional, I believe, isn't yep. it? Yes, maiden optional. Drew, as PTF always says, how are we getting paid? Spreading <laughs> as much as we can. There's not much to like in here, uh, so I'm going to go with the number 11 impossible birdie uh, on top. As first-time starter, who knows what we'll get. But I'll also use three others defensively, equally as a, the number two, Cherry Gardens, uh, can pass horses and has run somewhat of a competitive number. Uh, and I'm kind of using competitive in quotation marks because it's really hard to see what these horses are going to do at this level. Uh, number one, Social Drinker, uh, another one who's passed some rivals with a stretch out to the six and a half, might be able to stay a little more touch, in, or full six, I should say, to stay in touch with the field. Um, don't love that this trainer has a one for 14 with maiden starters, um, stat, uh, attached. So second start that is so number one, social drinker. And then may maybe the number five, give me the boots. Um, last time might've been a bridge too far going six and a half and pressing the hot pace. And today gets a bit of a cutback. So might be closing into things in the thick of it late. Yeah, I, I like to give me the boots. Uh, you mentioned I think the cutback kind of helps a little bit. Horse, if you look at pace figures, started to get tired after the sixth furlong. So maybe the cutback will help second time out as well, a little bit more fit. And then one that I thought, depending on what speed figures you look at, sweeping passion, got a fast number last time. And and look, I you know, the horse ran for in a race for 15, wasn't really bet, but I'm okay with that when when it comes to first time starters because I think the situation that you realize is that, you know, maybe they kind of snuck one pass with this horse running for attack first time out. Um, they didn't get claimed. The horse was actually better than they looked on paper um, for connections that don't win at a high percentage. And then the horse ran fast. The horse might not have beaten anyone, but did beat the clock. And and so that's always something I think to keep in, in, in account. So, um, you know, I, I would want to be alive at least a little bit to, to sweeping passion as well. Fantastic. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, spread as much as you can on this one. Drew, what's uh, what's next for you contest-wise? We're, we're, we're going to see your name pop up next. Yeah, I don't I, – I'm trying to look and see uh, – Saratoga's the next big trip. I'm going to do Salevo for the first time, uh, I think on Saturday night out there over on Whitney weekend. So uh, hopefully Donnie and the boys over at Naira Bets get some contest set up that's, uh, that has a nice price point to it. Um, kind of hoping for the more than the $300 weekly contest. And that that's probably it right there. Um, and just keep, uh, keep things sharp and play in these little 300 Naira bets contests or express bet has some good 500, $300 price points as well. So that's, that's about it for me. How about you? Oh man, who knows? I'm just, uh, I'm, uh, who, yeah, maybe we'll see. I don't even know. I just, I just like find out when the day of, I always, you know, I don't pay attention as much as I used to. And then, uh, but yeah, I mean, Express Bet always has a bunch of good ones, and I'm sure Naira will put together some good stuff for the summer. So, and we'll make sure we uh, we push them on that. But in the meantime, you keep you keep winning all your photos at uh, at Woodbine. Yeah, we'll try. Thank you. Good to see you, buddy. You too. I gotta tell you, PTF needs a raise. That was a lot of work. Um, look, uh, I, I hope you enjoyed. Hope, hopefully, you can find some winners at, at Monmouth at. at uh, Get involved in that free contest. Get involved in the All Stakes Pick Four. Get involved at Woodbine, Santa Anita, Naira. Um, there's always something going on. And uh, thank you so much for spending the time to 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 listen to us talk about some of these races. And we hope that you can find some success on your own 
on Saturday or whenever you're listening to this. And uh, uh, Pete always thanks our founding uh, partners in 10 Strike Racing and the Third Red Retirement Foundation. If you score, make sure you share a little bit with our friends at the uh, Third Red Retirement Foundation. And uh, you probably heard my voice enough these last couple of days. You're probably sick of it. Make sure you tune in to, to Fox. We'll be FS1, 2. I don't know what channel we're on, but I'll be there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And uh, what does Pete always, he always yells at the end, doesn't he? He like does it, he like does it pretty loud too. I'll do it too. <clears throat> May you win all your photos.